When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good, good morning, Bird fans. Welcome to Bird Street 65. It's the Magamac Show, but John McMullen is winging his way back from Indianapolis. He is well covered for by our big guy, Barrett Brooks. You hear him later in the day on Sports Take. You see him on NBC Sports Philly. I got a wardrobe question for him. Uh, but first things first, Barrett Brooks. A win morning. is a win, and you take it any way you get it, but... Uh, I I was worried about coming on here and talking about back-to-back Eagle losses right up until Jalen Hurts scampered into the end zone with that touchdown. Uh, hey, 9-1 is 9-1, and I'm not going to start the day by going, oh, my God, the Eagles were lucky. They weren't lucky. They earned the win, but it wasn't exactly a dominating victory, was it? No, it wasn't. <clears throat> but um, in looking at the game, at no point did I think that this team was uh, going to win that game. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, no, I'm, I'm just, you know, just to be serious about it, I, I knew that this was going to be a tough fight. I knew that also uh, they were going to try to run the ball on them, and they tried. They tried their best. But eventually the, the Eagles, uh, you know, Eagles start stopping the run. Was, a, you know, point in the right direction. You know, the first drive, Indianapolis went down the field, ran the ball as they pleased. And I saw Linville Joseph and I saw Sue really go out there and, and, and control the line of scrimmage. It's just getting those linebackers at, at that point to, 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 to really get used to what was going on in front of them so they can start reading better. And once they realize, oh, I can run around here and not have somebody up on my chest, that's when things change. You know, those space eaters in the middle of that defense turned the game around and started controlling 
the interior of that line, and now they can run and make plays as opposed to have an uh, offensive lineman in their chest trying to make plays. So once they got a rhythm of, oh, we're protected, it changed the whole outcome of how those linebackers played and how the defenses played. Yeah, because that first drive, Jonathan uh, went right through them like a uh, hot knife through butter. Yes, and I'm going, yes. oh, man, this is picking up right where it left off last week. <laughs> the Eagles can't get off the field. They can't stop the run. Uh, this this could get ugly today. Right. But you're right. Sue and Linval Joseph came in. I thought the, the whole startup course thing, anyone who now tells me, you know, you got to get them up to speed. Or maybe you just throw them in there and say, go get them, big guys, is the way to go, <laughs> because they surely did that yesterday. The whole tenor of the game changed after that first drive. I was severely nervous when the Colts went right down the field the way they did. Um, but uh, to the Eagles' credit, on defense specifically, they stuck by it. They changed the tenor of the game, and they played dynamite defense. After that first drive, Colts didn't score another touchdown, limited the field goals the entire rest of the game. That's a pretty good job out of Jonathan Gannon's. Absolutely, group. absolutely. Those guys had to learn to play together. Now, I'll tell you what. Linville Joseph is a man in the middle of that defense. Whoever was trying to block him, he would take him and reestablish an offensive line. I mean, uh, I was uh, reestablished the uh, line of scrimmage two or three yards back every single time they tried to block him. Now it was just an adjustment for the defense. They're like, all right, we can fly around now. And that was the biggest thing. You know, I was thinking this, you know, those guys, since they've been on the couch watching football next to me. I thought they were going, they would only get like 10 to 12 reps, maybe on first and second down. Heck, they played the rest of the game. I can't believe how good a shape they are. Defense is harder to play than offense as it pertains in a, uh, on, on the line of scrimmage. But they fought and scratched, and they were in great shape. Great shape to go out there and play an entire game. Joseph ended up playing 40% of the snaps at defensive tackle. Uh, <laughs> Dom can sue a little less at 26, but you're right. They threw them both into the deep end of the pool and said, guys, we know you know how to swim. You're both 13-year veterans. Uh, believe us, it's it's not all that difficult. Our, our scheme, uh, you might need to know a little terminology, but that's it. go out there and do what you do. That's exactly what they did. They They, they had to know where they had to be. The terminology is different, but you know, once it's like it's like riding a bike when you're a veteran guy like that. All right, get up there and control him, kick his ass, and we'll be good. And that's exactly what they did. They just told him, Hey, you see that guy in front of you? Beat those two so these guys behind you can go make plays. And I tell you what, you you were one of them now. Talking about oh, we getting it, we need to get the Kobe Dean out there. I kept telling you guys, no. We don't need Nicole Dean right now. They whoa, have whoa, a man back whoa, whoa. there, TJ Edwards. Time out, time out, Barrett Brooks. I said that before, and Dominic <laughs> and Linville Joseph never showed up. I, I didn't say that after those guys were added, and, and I wanted to see what they could step right in and do. And damn if they didn't answer that question by playing as well as they did. No, when when you're when you're going with Marlon Tui Pelotu right. in the middle and you're getting carved and diced up like the Eagles had been the last three weeks. It wasn't that ridiculous an idea to say, can we get another live body in there to stop the run? I knew that we couldn't get him because they don't play a defense where they have three linebackers on the field. So if, if he came in, it would have to take one of those other linebackers out. And I, I knew we couldn't, Dean couldn't go in there and play at the level that TJ Edwards could play. TJ Edwards is playing at a phenomenal level. TJ Edwards, might be the defensive MVP the way he's playing right now. 
I mean, he had 10 tackles yep. yesterday. He had he two tackles for loss. Phenomenal. He was flying around. I just knew that he didn't – he wasn't being protected. Like, when they have a lead, you have to pass the ball, and you can sprinkle run in, and he can go make plays when it's like that because, you know, you don't worry about – uh you don't worry about the effects of having double teams on them. But when you know a team's going to run the ball and they can get those double teams and get off on the linebackers, it's a tough sledding for those linebackers. Now they got to fight off a block and go make a tackle. You saw yesterday, they weren't fighting off blocks. They were running scot-free and going making plays uh, around, you know, around that uh, offensive line and, 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 and beating those guys up up front. All right. Since you went there, uh, I guess I'm going to have to defend my position again. Um, are you telling me, that uh, when the other team has two tight ends on the field, one of which is probably not a pass catching tight end, more of a blocking tight end. You'd rather have Josiah Scott on the field as your nickelback than Nicobe Dean as an extra linebacker. When a team is playing a two tight end set and the probabilities are they're going to run the football. Absolutely not Jody. I just know that our D coordinator, uh, Gannon is not going to do anything. He's not going to put a. He's going to line up Josiah Scott, or he's going to put. A, um, he's going to put. Uh, what uh, a safety? Who? Who? What safety would you put? Would you put yeah, now, either Dante Gardner or Marcus Epps? Either one. I, I think they'll they'll keep Epps back for. Oh, they'll keep them back. both on the field. He plays five DBs on almost every snap of the game, and, which is why I say we're not going to have another linebacker unless we take somebody out. He refuses to play three linebacker scheme. He doesn't trust. Does that make it right? No, just because Jonathan Gannon says so, and he's locked you into his belief that we need five defensive backs on the field for every single snap. Does that make it right? It's absolutely right. Conceptually, is actually wrong because you could put you could put Kazir White on any tight end or running back in the league, and he can cover him. The X safety, he's good enough to cover him. Then you just put Nicobe Dean in the box at the wheel linebacker. Now you have two really good linebackers in the middle of that defense who are probably better run scrapers than. Kazir White is trying to stop the run as opposed to, you know, leaving Kazir White back there and putting a safety up there. You just got more beef. I would love to do that, but conceptually, we're just not going to do it. Gannon will refuse to do that. I would love to do that because Kazir White can cover anybody and come up and play the run, but we're just not going to do that. So I'm not going to talk in a fantasy world where that would be the greatest thing we could do. Take out uh, Josiah Scott and put him – and, and, and set him down next to somebody on the bench and then bring in uh, N'Kobe Dean, line him up in the in the middle of that defense, and then put Kazir White on those tight ends. That would be the greatest thing since sliced bread, man. Well, and, and I don't even – it be, would be the greatest thing, but it's something that should at least be considered. And you're right. I don't think they even consider it. That nope. it they are so entrenched in the way that they play defense with five defensive backs on every single play, they're not going to change their mind. Doesn't mean I can't keep bringing it up and keep pointing <laughs> to the fact that I'm not sure this is the way to do it. And I will continue to do that. Now, I will do it less if Linval Joseph and Dominican Sue played the way that they did for the rest of their time here in Philadelphia. Because, yes, when you're not getting diced and sliced up front, you don't worry about having an extra defensive back out there. When you're getting the defensive tackle pressure and bringing the backs in, bringing the linebackers in untouched in to stop the run and Edward can play the kind of game that he did yesterday. Oh yeah. I'll stop suggesting it. I'll, I'll, I'll put it in the, the, the back of the freezer and forget that it's there, but it doesn't mean that I can't bring it up from time to time and go, okay, you know, this Eagles system does invite the other team to run the ball. Now they did first possession. 
right down the field. Seven carries, 49 yards for uh, Jonathan Taylor. At seven yards a clip. And I was uh, worried the heck out of the Eagles' possibility to win the game. But damn, if they didn't stop the run thereafter, they were tremendous against it after the first drive of the game. So Jonathan Gannon gets to look at me and either wink or shake his head and go, shut up, McDonald. Uh, yes, for the four, uh, the final three quarters of the game, uh, the Eagles defense did the job because they got what they needed to get out of the defensive tackle position. They 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 played so well, man. And, and it put a fire. It lit a fire underneath Cox. You know, Cox didn't have to play as much, so he had more energy to play. I know he was bitching about, you know, playing 70 snaps this last game, but she get paid to do. You got to do that, man. This time, you know, he played a lot less snaps. He was a lot more effective. He took on double teams. He didn't turn his back on anybody. He played pretty well. You know, I I, I must admit that he – he did what he had to do, man, which was a sign and a point in the right direction. Now he sees that, all right, he got some he got some hammers in there with him. You know, Dominican Sue, you put they put him out there at defensive end. He was rushing the passer, man. He looked pretty good being out at that four eye or, or you know, head up, like head up over that tackle. I mean, I, he had some juice in him, you know. So how long will his juice last? It, we only needed to last, what? Eight more games. Right. <laughs> Regular the- season into the playoffs because we know yep. that's exactly where the Eagles are going. Exactly. exactly. And uh, we do, before we get our first cup, uh, guest up here, uh, Paul Donwich is going to join us uh, in less than 10 minutes. How about Jalen Hurts? At not having a great day. Uh, the passing game wasn't all that efficient. Miles Sanders wasn't running it all that well. They got three points through the first three quarters. And Jalen Hurts doesn't look one iota phased out there. He's nope. in complete control of the game. When needed, he takes off and made the play. Made a couple out of failed passing attempts. He made right. a couple of designated running attempts, including the touchdown, which was absolutely a brilliant call by uh, Sirianni. Um, man, this kid is growing before our very eyes and is a very legit MVP candidate. And yesterday's uh, two late touchdown drives just add to what is becoming a a pretty fast-growing legend here in town. He showed me something. He's been showing me something. I heard um, Charles Davis, the the, the announcer, that um, he said, you know, this game, if he wins this game, we'll put him up with the upper echelon quarterbacks. And I had kind of a gripe with that because I thought he was already up there with the upper echelon quarterbacks. It's just everybody else has seen what we've seen for a long time now. Right. For this season. He's playing at an MVP level. So we've already seen this. But I think this game kind of showed the rest of the nation how good Jalen Hurts is. And I told you last week uh, and, and a lot of people that we need to see those intangibles. Yes, you know, he's a quarterback and we got to protect quarterbacks. But it just doesn't make him... It, it, it doesn't make him very effective. Well, it makes him less effective when you don't use him in his dual threat capacity. He's the guy that you have to use that 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 uses legs as, a, as kind of a, a counter to any defense's counter. You can't blitz him because if you let him go, that's, a, that's another defender that won't be able to make it up and once he gets past the line of scrimmage. You know, and, and, and when you blitz, you got to go, man, everybody turns their back. So, you know, the people covering turn their back and just guard their men. And now he can go out there and make plays. So if you let him pass the initial surge of the of the blitz, he's going to run. And his effectiveness as a runner makes it as though 
you're not defending 10 people on the field like you usually do. Usually when you have a quarterback, a statue back there, like you saw yesterday from Indianapolis, you only have to defend 10 people on the field. Well, with Jalen in there, you have to defend all 11 guys. When you do that, you got to allocate resources to wherever he is and what he's doing. On that last play on the touchdown he put, watch how Kelsey influenced block. He didn't even really have to block anybody, but no. his influence and Jalen Hurts' legs made that play because it was regular It was regular inside zone. What they did was say Malu blocked down. Kelsey's so good, pulls around, and that guy that was supposed to spy the quarterback and play the run, follow Kelsey. Because usually it's like Kelsey's follow the bouncing ball. <laughs> follow the bouncing Kelsey. Wherever Kelsey goes, the ball is going. And that's exactly what happened. Kelsey pulled around the down block by Sayamalu, pulled that linebacker out, and Jalen Hurst could have walked into the end zone instead of pirouetting into the end zone or laying up into the end zone. Not, the many, easy. not many times can you get misdirection right up the middle. Right. And that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Misdirection up the middle, right in the dead center of the field, yep. which was, again, a very well-designed play, great read by uh, Jalen, and uh, quick reaction to get into the end zone, even with a little pirouette, as you say, uh, right there at the end, <laughs> which was perfectly fine. He, he, he had that much room that he could decide exactly how he wanted to go into the end zone. And I could have ran in there. I could have ran into the end zone. That's how big the hole yeah, was, may, man. Maybe. <laughs> um, and I got no issues with Steichen about using Jalen as to when to run. I get what they're attempting to do. The, it's like having an ace in your back pocket. And if you don't get the, you don't have to play it and you can save it for another hand, you do just that. You you, you don't necessarily, you don't just want to throw it out there to show it off and to brag. You just keep it in your back pocket and you reach for it and you play it when you need it. Well, guess what? The Eagles needed it yesterday. They no weren't question. doing things offensively. A couple of uh, tough turnovers. Jalen got blindsided by a hit. And coughed it up. AJ Brown, I, I, I'll ask about that later. Um, I what the hell happened on that play? He just looked so <laughs> tremendously tentative, like he was waiting to get hit. That's not AJ Brown. AJ Brown looks to hit somebody else. Right, right. I... Swell, swell Batman was not all that swell on that play. He was swelling <laughs> up to drop the football, which I didn't get, but uh they overcame all that because. When they needed it, they could go to Jalen Hurts, pulling the football down, taking off, unaccounted for, making plays with his legs, and on a couple of them, getting the extra yards. Absolutely. You, you want to see your quarterback go down and protect himself, live to, to throw another day. But he knew on the plays they needed to get more yards. He did just that, was willing to put his body at risk. Love it, man. And, and you know, I, I, I sit next to, you know, Jaws, you know, quarterback, played a long time in the league. I respect his opinion. I respect him. And he said the same thing. You know, we were going through it, you know, in the pregame show on uh, Eagles pre, you know, pregame live. And, you know, he was like, nope, I, I don't want to see Jalen Hurst get hit. I don't want him to run the ball as much as he's been running it. I said, but, it, you know, that's just the nature of how Jalen Hurst is. He's like, what are you talking about? He has a 600-pound squad. He's not the average quarterback, but he's still a quarterback. And I understand that, but he he knows how to stay healthy. He knows how to keep from, you know, getting hit and being in harm's way. There was a couple of times he could have ran for the first time himself, but he stopped dropping rolled and, you know, and, and, and stopped just before the line of scrimmage. But he did that just to keep from getting hit. We would eventually get the first down on third down. But those are the type of instances where we, we we're thinking, yeah, you have to protect yourself. 
and we uh, I understand why you just didn't go get the first down. He could have done it, but he didn't do it. He's smart about it. This young man knows how to play the game at a high level. He's never, you know, he, he never lets you see him sweat. You saw him on the sideline. Everybody else would be like, oh, this is a laissez-faire type of attitude. Why, why is he sitting there? He's not even worried about it. Well, we just know uh, Jalen, and we understand his demeanor on the field. He has that type of at- attitude. Like, even when it's, you know, they're doing great and they're, they're playing at a high level, he still maintains that consistent, like, all right, we're chilling. We, we, we got a lot we got to accomplish. Let's keep moving forward. And that's the type of, you know, error he gives out to the rest of his teammates also. Keeps his emotions in check every single play of every single game. He's Barrett Brooks in for John McMullen today. Johnny Mac winging his way back from Indianapolis. Uh, we get Jay Mac back into the mix tomorrow. Coming up next into the mix here with us on Birds 365, one of our stalwart guests. Uh, you read him here on uh, jacobsports.com, uh, 33rd team as well. Longtime Eagle Beat guy Paul Domwich jumps in next on Birds 365. Don't wait until after Thanksgiving for leftovers. It's the new leftover sales event at Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Jeff must get rid of hundreds of new 2022 vehicles on the lot. Rams, Grand Cherokees, Wranglers, Jeff has them all for less. Jeff has reduced prices and payments to the lowest they've been all year. And Jeff knocks down high interest rates, save thousands more than anywhere else. Plus, get more for any trade or lease return. You always win at Jeff's great selection, best price. Hurry in now. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Black Friday sales event. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. University, our graduates are among the most highly trained in their profession because of our unique emphasis on research, interprofessional collaboration, and early clinical exposure. Learn more about our programs at salis.edu.
your Mega Mac guys here on Birds 365. Only we're down a Mac today. John McMullen making his way back from Indianapolis. So Barrett Brooks in for him and joining us for the next 15, 20, 25 minutes is one of our favorite guests. Uh, you read him on the 33rdteam.com and his stat package here on jacobsports.com. Longtime Eagle Beat guy and green clad reporter. We got our uh, pal Paul Downwich to join us. PD, always appreciate the outfit. Uh, I'm jealous because I can't wear that. <laughs> Barry and I didn't even consult. We got uh, somewhat similar red on today. Right, um, right. Here's where I want to start. When did you know, Paul Domwich, that the Eagles were going to win that game yesterday? Uh, when, when Jalen crossed the goal line on that last touchdown. <laughs> did you? You had no nerves whatsoever when they scored with a minute and change left to go that Matt Ryan couldn't get him into field goal range. No, I mean, I thought anything was possible. You know, it, for a lot, for, for much of that game, it looked like a game that they were just determined to lose. And, uh, you know, I thought maybe that's the way it was going to wind up. But uh, Jalen put him on, on his back in the fourth quarter and, and just did an amazing job. You know, it's funny, you know, we're sitting back at the entirety of the game and it looked like the Colts just schematically played better than they did in the past. You know, and that, that kind of threw me for a loop because, you know, I knew they were a run team. And after they stopped that initial drive, you know, I saw the defense um, start to make that running game sputter a little bit. But, hey, you know, the old Pennsylvania guy still got a little arm on him, man. He still got some moxie in him, man. And, you know, he almost brought him back with how he was throwing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, had, he made guys that aren't necessarily good look pretty good yesterday yeah they got some i mean they got some much needed pressure on him at the right time uh you know the two sacks by uh bg and 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 reddick especially bg's uh it was huge so yeah yeah, you know they it's it's funny you look at their sack i mean they've got obviously their sacks they've been much improved this year but it's been when they've been getting them uh they've got they've got 33 sacks more than half of them have been either on third or fourth down. More than half of them have been in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, so they've been very timely. They've, you know, they've come up with with big plays when they've needed them. That's why I asked the question. I I didn't know they were going to win until Brandon Graham got that sack. After that, I was pretty damn confident that they had him in a big enough hole. And then they take a penalty on top of it the next play. Fourth and twenty-two. That's optimum for the. Uh, uh, Colts, yeah, that then I was confident when Jalen scored. I was pretty damn confident, I was 100% confident after Graham got that sack. And Graham, and you're right, Reddick got not only sacks but sacks at big times. But it was the entire defensive line yesterday, uh, Damo. Were you as surprised as Barry and I were that not only did they play Sue and Limbaugh Joseph as much as they did, but they were as effective as they were? Like they had been part of the Eagle defensive line since training camp. Were you surprised by what they were able to get out of their newest acquisition? Yeah, I was. Now I haven't seen the the snap totals yet, uh, but they certainly played more than I thought they would, and they were much more effective. Sue played, Sue played 27%. Joseph played 40% of the snaps. And you know, good thing they did because it, you know, you, you saw that first drive, and I'm thinking, oh my God, it's gonna be just like Last week, uh, they gave up. I, th- I think Taylor had, um, what was it, seven sixty-three yards in the on his first two possessions, yeah. and then after that, he had twenty-one yards on his last twelve carries. I mean, they they settled down. Uh, you know, Joseph and and Sue uh, just uh, 
stiffened in the middle. I think they had a terrific effect on Fletcher Cox, who played probably his best game in a while because he's been invisible. Um, so, yeah, it was it was, uh, you know, everything Howie seems to touch these days turns to gold. And, and you know, those two moves, I thought initially might have been overkill or that neither one would be able to have much left. But both both played well. When you look at TJ, you know, TJ Edwards and how he played the game, man, how surprised were you to see the way he played and the level he played at, you know, you know, because we hadn't seen the last two games really be that impact player we've seen him be the previous couple of games. Yeah. You know, Barrett, it's funny. Early in the game, he looked like he was struggling again when, when, when Taylor was having uh, his early success. And I tweeted out that, you know, might be a good time to give, you know, to give Nicobe Dean some snaps maybe. Because uh, it just looked like the la- like you said the last two games, Edwards has looked like I mean he's played so much he's played like ninety five percent of their snaps. I just thought he was wearing down, and it, it made no sense to keep him out there for that many snaps when you had a, you know a rookie that you're high on. Uh, but he turned it around after that and was a you know was a was a key you know a, a key member of that defense for the rest of the game. Yeah, uh, he, he was protected. Once you protect him, he can go. He can go. Yeah. One of the uh, key aspects in yesterday's game, and Eagle fans all get mad at me here, but I'm sorry I'm going there, uh, was the referees. Uh, the week before, they had absolutely gotten screwed. The penalty on Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was a joke. Uh, a guy's foot still in bounds, and he gets hit uh, with a late hit penalty. And then uh, the mess face, face mask on Dallas Gardner. How can you possibly miss that? Well, referees miss stuff from time to time. They missed a face mask on Hassan Reddick yesterday, which could have been a fateful blow to the Eagles' causes if that happened. Uh, they actually got a little bit of a break on a slow whistle from the referees on the fumble by Taylor. Um, I thought that play was dead in the water, and he just kept going and going and going. And sure enough, Epps strips the ball. Great play by Epps, by the way. And then an easy one by the refs, Miles Sanders down the sidelines, uh, gets tackled on a, an attempted pass. So for those who wanted to blame last week's loss on the referees, and they had their hand in on it, I'm not denying that. Refs kind of did the Eagles a solid yesterday, Damo. Yeah. You know, early on, you might not have said that with all the penalties the Eagles were drawn, but most of them were warranted. Uh, You know, they killed the first three drives, I believe. I mean, the illegal man downfield, the holds. uh, But, you know, know, it's funny. The the whole game I was was cursing at the TV about – I mean, I thought that without Goddard – you know, that, that they were going to use their running backs more in the passing game. And that didn't happen until, you know, one of the pivotal plays of the game, which you mentioned, the pass interference call, uh, the 39 yards they picked up on uh, when they, you know, on the pass interference against uh, Miles. So uh, I just think that's a wasted – I mean, they've got two really good receivers at, at running back. They need to implement them going forward until they get Goddard back. That was kind well, of, let you me, know. Uh, sorry, Bag. Can I jump in there? Go ahead, go ahead. Two really good wide receivers at running back? Really? Yeah. Why? I don't think so. Uh, and here's, here's the other thing. John, John and I talked about this last week, and please feel free to tell me that I'm wrong. I don't think that's a Jalen strength. Now, the pass to Miles, the big, one of the biggest plays in the game, 30 yard pass. That's, I know, a running back attempting to make a, it's a 39 yard pass. That's not a screen play. That's not a touch over an oncoming defensive lineman play. 
I just don't think the screen game is a key, uh, a strength of Jalen's game as of right now. And uh, you you have much higher evaluation of the Eagles running backs and their ability to catch a football. I think as a trio, they're mediocre at best. Well, I'm not talking about screens. Uh, you know, Kenny Gainwell was a slot receiver half the time at Memphis. Uh, that's where they line him up in this offense much of the time when they go to an empty set. You know, I, I think, my, you know, Miles, his first year as a rookie with the Eagles, uh, had five catches of 30 yards or more, which was the second most in the league that year. Austin Ekelar was the only guy with more. Uh, I think that pass interference call, I, I didn't see what he ran, but I'm, it looked like a wheel route. Uh, yeah. I mean, they've got speed. You know, Miles had one year where he couldn't seem to catch a, you know, catch a cold. Uh, but beyond that, he had 50 catches as a rookie. Gainwell's an excellent receiver. So, I mean, I, I don't, I, I'm not talking about screens with that. Uh, I'm talking about, you know, using them on, on, on actual routes and getting them into the, into the passing game that way. You look at, um, you look at the totality of this team. I still think they got it. They they have the best record in the NFL right now, with especially with Minnesota losing. There's, there's no way I could have, you know, uh, cheered for Dallas, but I'm glad they did beat Minnesota. But I still think that this team is still the most balanced team uh, in the league right now. You see, you, if you ask me who's the best team in, in the NFL, I've said it for the past five weeks, even though with the loss, I said for the past five weeks, this Eagles team is the best team because they're more balanced than everybody else. Um, and if they play to their strengths, you know, they're going to be hard to beat. They didn't do it last week against Washington. We get it. Too many penalties, too many turnovers, you know. But fundamentally, they're still the best team in the NFL. What do you think? I agree. Uh, they're, they're certainly the most complete. Uh, I think right now, though, I would still, especially after watching them again yesterday, Kansas City, just because that offense is just so unstoppable, uh, regardless of how much time you give them. But their defense isn't as good as, as Gannon's defense, but it, it doesn't seem to be the liability it's been in the past for uh, sometimes for, for Andy. I mean, it's good enough. Uh, they get sacks from Chris Jones when they need them. Uh, so that'd be the one team, Barrett, that I would say might be at this point better than the Eagles would be Kansas City. But, you know, we're talking about two teams that could end up playing in the Super Bowl against each other. Right, right. Yeah, Eagles against Andy Reid. I think some people would like to see that. Uh, We've got many weeks to go before we get there, but it is something we have to at least keep the uh, possibility open for. Um, Jalen Hurts' overall performance yesterday, a little bit of a slow start. I thought the Eagles were actually losing the fight at the point of attack at the line of scrimmage. And that never happened. They, 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 their offensive line gets the better of the defensive line on a week in week out basis. They didn't for large stretches of yesterday's game, but Jalen hurts hung in there. I got the one blindside hit coughed up the fumble, man, this kid at age 24 years old, both on the field and off the field afterwards, when he talks to the media, is about as good a grizzled veteran as I've seen in decades. Uh, Damo, where does it come from? Is it the fact that he's a coach's son, that this kid is so well-grounded and you don't have to worry about his emotions whatsoever when you're putting together a game plan and then giving him a chance to go out and execute it? You know, you mentioned the coach's son. I mean, I love kids that whose fathers were coaches. It, it just seems to rub off on them, and it's really rubbed off on him. You know, as as well as great as he played yesterday, the moment that really 
impressed me the most was after he scores, they they flashed him on the sideline when the Colts have the ball. And I mean, it looked like his pulse rate was about 30. I mean, he just does not, he just does not get excited. He just does not get nervous. He's just, you know, he's got that poker face. Uh, it's just amazing. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, I know you guys earlier were talking about, does he run too much? Or the Jaws was mentioning it, Barrett, on, on the show. Um, you know, I don't think he does. I mean, I think this is part of his game. It's always going to be part of his game. It's part of, you know, you're seeing it all over the league now. Uh, you know, he had eight rushing first downs yesterday. They had 10 total. He had eight of them. And they needed every one of them, uh, particularly, you know, that touchdown. I mean, he gets stopped for a four-yard loss on a blown block right on the play before that. And I'm wondering, like, what are they going to do on this play? What are you going to call? And I, I never saw that coming. I never saw – well, I didn't expect it to be so easy. Uh, but they blocked it beautifully, and, and, and you know, Indianapolis seemed to uh, almost cooperate with them and giving them that opening to just take it right up the middle. That's one of those things where, you know, it's, it's, it's follow the bouncing Ke- uh, Kelsey. Wherever Kelsey goes, the ball goes. And they yeah. ran an inside zone. They blocked Sayamalu down, pulled Kelsey around. And the guy that really had a spy technique over, over uh, you know, the quarterback, you know, Hurts, he followed Kelsey, knowing that wherever Kelsey goes, the ball goes. So it's almost like an influence block. He didn't even have to block. He took himself out the plate. I could have ran through that hole. That's how big that hole was, you know. But it just goes to show what his versatility as a dual threat brings to the table. I don't want him to just be a drop-back quarterback, even though, you know, Y'all want to be healthy, you know, yeah, yeah. But I think he's starting to learn to take care of himself. He doesn't allow uh, defense to take shots on him anymore. There were a couple times yesterday where he could have slid for a first down. He could have went and got the first down. But he slid early, didn't get the first down. And I respect him for that because we need to keep him clean. I get it. But that's the, the, that's the dimension that he gives this offense, that you have to allocate resources just to him because he's that yeah. good of a threat. Yeah, I mean, for much of the first half, it appeared the Colts had a spy on them. Uh, second half, I'm not sure exactly what changed. Things opened up for them uh, on some of those scrambles and design plays. Uh, you know, the thing about him is, you know, you know, he's not as reckless as Josh Allen when he runs it. I mean, he doesn't exactly. Think, yep. He he's not thinking. You know, nobody can hurt me. Even though for the most part they can't. I mean, he's got a fullback body. I mean, the man did lift 620 pounds. I mean, those quarterback sneaks are child's play for him, even without somebody pushing him from behind. Uh, so, I mean, he, you know, but he and, – and, and, and also, his kind of play has come at the right time because the league is, is, is not going to tolerate hard hits on when you go to slide. I mean, a few years back, guys would still take shots and guys yep. would get, and quarterbacks would get hurt. Now that's – you know, that's no more. I mean, especially after Tua. Uh, so, you know, he, he's got that extra protection there when he get, when he goes down. Damo, need your take on what transpired yesterday where the Eagles go forward from here without Dallas Goddard. Um, Stoll got the great majority of the snaps, over 80% of the snaps at tight end. Tyree Jackson and Calcaterra both played some, both took a bad penalty, shame on them, uh, and neither one of them got the ball thrown their way. Calcaterra, uh, excuse me, Stoll had one pass. One target, one reception, seven yards. Uh, Dallas Goddard being out of the lineup is one of the reasons why they only put up 17 points yesterday. 
are they going to just continue to try and grind it out? Is it going to be more Hurts running rather than throwing to the tight end? Uh, that is an injury that the Eagles are going to have a tough time getting over. They did yesterday and found a way to win. Uh, but do you see any potential changes in how they use the tight end position until Dallas Goddard gets back? Yeah, I mean, they use mostly 11 personnel, you know, with one, you know, with just the one tight end. So we didn't see a lot of Calcaterra and uh, uh, the other guy. I mean, it was mostly Stoll. But, uh, you know, again, I, I think they need to be using their running backs more. It would offset it would offset the lack of, of loss of Goddard. Uh, I, you know, Calcaterra is, is, is a he's going to be a heck of a receiver. We saw that several weeks ago when he had that 40 yard catch. But you know, it takes time for a quarterback to to have the kind of trust in a in a guy that that you know that 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 uh, Jalen has in in Goddard. I mean, he's not gonna you're not gonna see too many tosses to you know to Calcaterra or Stoll. Um, you know, they need to run the ball more. Um, you know, more earlier. Um, but you know, I mean, they need to. You know, I mean. They would have had more than 16, uh, 17 points yesterday if not for the fumble by uh, A.J. Brown, if not for the penalties. I mean, they were moving the ball at times. It's just that they kept, you know, they kept getting pushed back by their own mistakes. So they need to avoid those, and I think it would, it'll help uh, kind of soften the blow until, until Goddard gets back. That's absolutely, man. I mean, I, I um, in my prediction last night, you know, I, I said, that, all right, a combined total of all three tight ends would get 100 yards. Well, all they got was a penalty each. That's all they got. And I know this is going to be something that, you know, because a tight end's a, a quarterback's best friend. I thought Jake Stoll would play better because he's, he's for you know, when they go 12 personnel, he's in. If they if Dallas got it, he's a break, he's in. This point forward, I do see the, the running backs becoming better as far as the passing game. But I see them doing more like Texas route, wheel routes, things of that nature, not necessarily screen plays because they're going to run screens. Right. They like to run screens on the outside, the tunnel screens. And unless you line them running backs out there at that position, I don't think they're going to run those type of screens unless they're out there um, on a corner and they can run a tunnel screen. They don't believe in the yeah, screen. I mean, they're going to use Quez and, and Devonta mostly yeah. on, 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 on bubble screens and stuff like that. That's why I said earlier, I, I mean, I see these guys, if you're going to use Sanders and, and Gainwell, I think it's more, you know, in routes over the middle, slants, things like that, where you can get them out of the backfield, not so much on screens. Yep. Damo, uh, you mentioned the A.J. Brown turnover. And I said this earlier with Barrett. He looked tentative on that play for me. And two words I never thought I'd use in the same sentence, A.J. Brown and tentative. He's not a tentative player. He's not a tentative runner. He's a I'll-take-you-on type of runner. But he just seemed like he was waiting to be hit or he was uh, afraid to be hit on that play. You think he's still hurt? You think the ankle's still bothering him for last week? Because that was completely uncharacteristic of him. It could be, although I'm trying to remember the hit. It came from behind, didn't it? I mean, he didn't see. He was kind of sideways. He was at his arm mm -hmm. out like he was afraid to get hit. Go yeah. back and watch the play again uh, if you get the chance. Like he was trying he was to weird. make a move on him. He was trying to make a move on the guy in front of him. He, tried, he had a one-on-one. -on -one. He was going to try to make a move and then go. And then yeah. uh, the first time, Franklin came in and knocked it out, you know what I'm saying, from, from the side yeah. of him, not by him, but on the side of him. I think, you know, you saw that with Quez last week, you know, when he got up after 
uh, after the long catch. You know, I mean, they've got to you, you got to protect the ball. I mean, because people are, are looking to just take it away from you. Um, you know, maybe they're at a point in their confidence level where they're getting a little bit careless. And it's I mean, I know they, they, they talked a lot about it in practice last week uh, because, I mean, what's made this team so one of the things that's made this team so successful until last week uh, was the fact that they weren't turning the ball over. Uh, now they're getting the, they're coming back to earth a little bit and that's going to close the gap a little bit with teams. So, I mean, they need to get back to where they're, you know, they're not making those kind of mistakes. Damo, not only did the Eagles get the win, they got a little help yesterday. Giants losing uh, the Vikings who were uh, the only other team with one loss in the NFL also going down. Uh, the fact that they rallied to get the win today against the Colts, where does that leave them for the season? Well, you look at the rest of the games and the matchups and the strength of schedule, whatever else. But with 10 games in, they're 9-1. and one. There's no one else within two games of them right now. How good position are the Eagles in uh, for the rest of this season heading on into the postseason? Well, I mean, the you know, the Vikings lose. I mean, ironically, you know, you would think you'd want Dallas to lose, but I mean, for that home field advantage, it helped to have, you know, have Minnesota get blown out. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's going to come down to those two Giants games and the Cowboys game. Uh, you know, uh, they I don't know that they're going to – I mean, they're going to lose again at least once. And then what – you know, I don't know what's – you know, then, then Nick will play it by ear when he gets to the last two games of the season as far as whether he needs to play his starters or not. Um, but, you know, I, you know, right now I, I don't see him collapsing, I, but I also don't see him sweeping – the Giants, I think, you know, a split might be the, the best you can hope for in, in those two games because, you know, Saquon's a, a, a big ask to try to stop him in two games. So, um, but still, I mean, I think this, this team's going to end up with home field advantage and that's going to be huge for them uh, going into the playoffs. I'm good with it, man. I'm good with it. I just think that um, from this point, what do you think? Do you think that they, you I mean, how just went out and got Linville Joseph, got, you know, Dominican Sue? Is there any way that you think that they could do anything to bolster their special teams? I just, it's just a non-factor. They didn't hurt you yesterday, but they didn't, almost. you know, they, well, yeah, almost, but they that didn't do anything punt. to try to beat you either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, that long punt return that the Colts had, what was it? 19 yards uh, late in the game, yep. kind of shortened the field for them. You, you just can't have that. You know, I mean, I hate to say, you know, I hate to predict anybody's, uh, firing but i mean michael clay is on thin ice uh if there's going to be a change made last year next year i think uh, you know that's probably going to be it uh, i i thought you know at the trade deadline that would be where they they might go that they would look for a you know for a guy like chris maragos that kind of player that could be a difference maker right away uh on your special teams they didn't do that i don't know if it's because they just didn't think there was anybody out there or because they feel they've got enough here. I, you know, it's, it, it's, 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 you know, I'd hate to see them get to the playoffs, uh, have the home field advantage and then lose a game because of their special teams. I mean, that would be, that would be about as bad as, as disheartening as it could get. Are you guys telling me that you didn't buy Darren Spoles with Kay Adams last week saying, hey, if they meet me to come in and catch a couple punts, I could still do that. <laughs> Even though it's been like five years since Darren was healthy enough to play every single game and be a major factor. Uh, well, with the way Cubby's played, maybe maybe it's not as outrageous as it sounds, but right. uh, you weren't buying what Darren Spoles was selling, huh, Damo? Well, I mean, 
I don't think their problem is Covey as much as it is the the, the 11 guys that are surrounding him when he catches the ball. I mean, there's just – I mean, granted, he's got to make some people miss, but there's – you know, the, the blocking uh, is never there. Uh, you know, they're making too many mistakes with their – you know, on, on now with on, on some of their coverage. Uh, so there's just – I don't know what's going on there. I, you know, special teams is, is hard to decipher what's wrong unless you're really paying – really close attention and, and not many people do. All right, Domo, last thing. Uh, let's jettison ahead to next Sunday night. The Packers come to town and two weeks ago, they got a nice win against the Cowboys and oh, maybe Aaron Rodgers isn't dead yet. And then they got picked apart on Thursday night by the Titans and uh, the Tennessee was able to run the ball with uh, King Henry right down their throats. There are rumors starting that maybe they'll look at putting love in a quarterback. I don't buy that for a millisecond. If Aaron no. Rodgers is upright, he's going to no. continue to be their quarterback. What kind of a Packer team comes in to take on the Eagles next Sunday? No, I didn't think they played all that badly against uh, Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee is a really good team. Uh, that defense is, is you know, that's a game to watch out for when the Eagles play them. That, that defense hurts people. It's physical. Uh, you know, it's got Rabel's uh, – persona his you know his personality so i mean that's a game they're going to have to be very careful of but i thought you know that i thought i think rogers is starting to get some chemistry with the, that rookie wide receiver um well, you know, AJ, yeah, well, aj dillon and aaron jones are are, are you know they're a tough out i mean yeah, they are. for a you know for a defense that's that's had some problems with the run i mean that's going to be another challenge next week uh if they don't grab the lead early Green Bay is going to just keep pounding, try to keep pounding it and dinking and dunking. So um, it's not going to be an easy game. I'm, I'm I, for them. I, I'm glad it's here, uh, but I don't think it'll be a blowout. And I, I think the Packers aren't aren't. You know, I, I wouldn't stick a fork in them as far as a team that's capable of beating a good team on a, on a particular night. And that's what we're looking at next Sunday night. Domo, great stuff. We appreciate you coming on board today. You know we'll be uh, back in touch soon enough and get you right back up here again on Birds 365. Thanks, bud. Take care, guys. Paul uh, Domo, which, uh, always has the quality Hawaiian shirt uh, collection ready to rock and roll for us. <laughs> and uh, I got a couple of nice Hawaiian shirts. I can't wear them because we got the green screen, but uh, we make the most well, out. We, we might be able to wear them uh, when we go down to – Arizona. Oh, you're thinking uh, Joe Krause will be shelling out for us to do live shows from the Super Bowl? Really? You, you got a you got a better source than I do, Barry. <laughs> I, I, I I have gotten no whiff of that so far. We only hope that that's the case. We'll, that the we'll, tell, in the, we'll tell in the we'll Super go. Bowl. We'll all get in a uh, what it, what it, um one of bed breakfasts and have a you know, just, just it'll almost be like a frat boy party. You know, be all the Jacob media in just one house. Oh, oh, by the way, if <laughs> if we are going, which I would say the percentage chance of right now is pretty small. Oh, there'll be a green screen up for us to put the ocean's uh, insignia over our shoulder. <laughs> I guarantee you, we make that happen. If we're no going question. to Arizona, somebody's going to put the bill, and it'll be our good friends at the Ocean's Casino. All right, he's Barry Brooks. I'm Jody McDonald. We got plenty of time left. Um, today was a tough day to get people to join the show. And that's why we love, uh, Damo because he's as, uh, easily accessible as he is and always says yes when we ask. 
everybody else was coming back from the game. Indianapolis. I got more. I love to Jody, but dot, 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 dot. Uh, <laughs> uh, for today's show. So Barrett and I are going to chop it up ourselves. If you want to make a good point on the stream, I know Barrett uses the stream a little bit more on the uh, sports take yeah. show. You're like, uh, like you're not liking Kobe right now, you know. And I, I remember I got I got sent to the firing squad because I didn't want Kobe. I didn't think Kobe was a uh, NFL uh, return man. And everybody's oh, I told you he's gonna make the team. I made the team. It doesn't necessarily make his make it good. I just didn't think he would have enough juice to uh, to play at this level, man. And I, I hate to be right sometimes, man, but. I just don't think at this point he's uh, – even though he's not getting blocked for either. Right. Dama's point is legit. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a combined – the lack of ability to make plays on special teams for the Eagles on their punt return is a combination effort. Yep. Covey doesn't make anybody miss. And, oh, by the way, he's always got three people that he's got to make miss because he gets no blocking whatsoever in front of him. So it's pretty much a team failure. One of the things we like about the Eagles is they play as a team. Both good and bad, and bad on the uh, punt return team. Oh no, that's that's inability across the board, not just the guy right. who's catching the football. All right, he's Barry Brooks. I'm Jody McDonald. Barrett's in for John McMullen today. We'll come back. We still got an hour to go to talk about the Eagles. Hard tested, clutch, got it done late when it matters most, but not or inspiring win. We'll talk about it here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. the greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. 
And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Streaming into a victorious Monday, Birds 365, because Eagles were a winner yesterday against the Indianapolis Colts, scoring with less than a minute to go to go up 17-16, getting the defensive stand. Well, I don't know if I would call it a stand, but a big defensive play sack from Brandon Graham late. The uh, That was a stand? Uh, yeah, it was, I guess. Uh, they uh, <laughs> were, were a little short on time. When they completed the pass, I think it was about 14 yards to Pierce uh, that got it out close to the 40-yard line. I got to admit, I was still a little bit nervous. I felt good about their chances, but I wasn't already uh, chalking it up as a W. But Grant Graham with a big late sack helped to cement the game away. And Eagles walk away with a win. Um, as as you heard me, guys, you guys heard me say, love Paul Domwich. He's been one of our stalwart guests since we started Birds 365 uh a year and change ago. Uh, but I got to say, I don't know that I've ever disagreed with Damo more than with something that he said today. What's that? The Eagles have a couple of good pass-catching running backs. They've done a pretty <laughs> good job of hiding it to me. Um, yes, Miles Sanders was very good as a rookie. Barrett, we're two and a half years removed from when Miles Sanders was a rookie. Miles has not been a great pass catching back in any season since. And yeah, he made a real nice play coming back to the football, read it perfectly, drew the penalty. It was an easy penalty for the referees to call since he basically got tackled on the play. Uh, and I do want to give Miles credit for that. It's not going to go down to, in the stats as a reception, but it was a damn important play in the game. But Miles isn't a good pass catching back. And I, uh, just me personally, I don't count what Kenny Gainwell did at uh, Memphis as making him a good pass catching back for the Eagles. And last year they threw it to him more than they have this year, but it wasn't like he was some kind of superior back. Uh, you got guys in the league who that that's their forte coming out of the backfield, catching passes. Uh, do you think of Kenny Gainwell in that fashion that, He's a weapon out of the backfield, catching a ball for the birds. I think that was their intention when they drafted him. Exactly. Intention when he came out of Memphis. <laughs> intention doesn't count as production. Right. I, and I don't think that they've really had to do that this year with the production you've had at Dallas Goddard. Um, you didn't need him. You know, I mean, the tight end's always a quarterback's best friend. You look at all the great quarterbacks that, you know, throughout the ages, um, you had a great tight end that, that was paired up with them. Uh, I think if you look at it, who's the uh, – Green Bay is probably the only um, 
what's his name? Probably only guy that, that doesn't. Um, Rogers, A Rod's only guy that doesn't have a great tight end that he can go to, but everybody else did. You know, I mean, even Brett Favre had had Chewy. You know, Mark Tremor. Um, you 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 look but back. Tunyon's and, not a bad player. They better keep their eye on Tunyon next week. Yeah, but they don't use him in the capacity that Brady played with Gronk or. You know, all those great teams that have great quarterbacks had a tight end that they could throw to, and which helped them out. You know, tight ends is a safety blanket. It's his best friend, you know. Even Troy. Troy Aikman had a great tight end that he could throw to. Oh, yeah. You just need that great tight end, and we have it here. But it's- Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is what happens our All-Star is out right now. Quick question. Somebody's got to get it going. Stoll's got to get it going. Uh, Calcaterra, whoever, you know, J- Tyree Jackson. One of those guys got to become that safety blanket for, for that that um that Hurts can rely in and, and, and say, all right, I can get it to him at all times. I think that this is just me. I think it's going to be more A.J. Brown, more Devontae Smith. And he threw a lot to Devontae. That wouldn't be bad. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Quez made the big play on the touchdown, uh, mm-hmm. so give him credit for that. And uh, Zach Pascal with a good grab yesterday. He could be that 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 safety blanket for uh, you know for Hertz also. He could, uh, but I just don't think it's going to be guys out of the backfield. Uh, quickie quiz for Barrett Brooks. All right, ten games Philadelphia Eagles have played so far this year. How many catches do you think Kenny Gainwell has? Uh, I'm going to say eight. Nine. He has nine? Nine catches in eight games. Ooh, there's a weapon you need to tap into. (laughs) (laughs) All of 50 yards. So that's slightly above five yards per catch. Yeah, that's that's a guy whose numbers you want to increase and get him the ball that much more. He's had a lousy year for the Eagles. Yes, right. they got Miles off the field. They gave it to Boston Scott. They're ready to turn to him before they work Kenny Gainwell. Well, Scott's a good player. I, I, we, we kind of downplayed Scott's ability to play the running back position. They, they like him in the red zone. You know, he was their, yeah. he was their, their red zone slash um, back that they use on, 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 on goal line situations. He has been that guy for them. I just need to see what they have going as far as, you know, trust if they are to put those guys out there in the slot or maybe, you know, give them an opportunity to be uh, run Texas route. Texas route, number a little angle route in the middle of the field. They go out the backfield, go past the line of scrimmage, and then turn right back around and make themselves available to a quarterback. That could be a dangerous um, weapon for them going forward because once you make that little angle route, you make yourself available for Hurts right then and there. They can't really defend that because they're going to have somebody eyeing Hurts, number one, but then everybody else is in coverage. And when you sneak them up under like that, I, I really believe that they could use that. I don't know if they that Hurts necessarily trust those guys doing it. That's the big thing. Do they trust him to do that? But I'll give Jalen a ton of credit here. 
it seems to me like he trusts everybody. At no point do I ever say after a play's been called and he runs it that he looks around and or shakes his head and or second. No, no, he just he just has faith in himself and his teammates in his coaches and the like. I, I don't get that feeling because not every quarterback is like that. All right. bunch of quarterbacks have been very good in this league are ready, willing, and able, including the one that's coming in Sunday night. Absolutely. Nice. He's a Hall of <laughs> Famer, but he's not afraid to show his emotions and or second-guessing on the field. I throw you under the bus. From Hertz. He'll throw you under the bus in a minute, won't he? That's crazy. But you know what? You'll see, you'll see that he's so good that players are going to play for him just because he's so good and that he's, um, you know, he's got that Hall of Fame potential. People yeah. want to play for Jalen Hurts because of who he is as a man. People want to play for Jalen Hurts because they know he's going to put the work in that nobody else is. People want to work with, and, and play for Jalen Hurts because he treats those guys respectively. And, you know, he won't throw you under the bus. That's one of the, the key things, key traits that he has. He will put everything on his shoulders like he did yesterday. And that's the unique quality that he gives that a lot of players don't have. He, he he knows that, you know, he's looked up to as a leader. And he's taken that role ever since he got in. Even when Carson was here, he's had that role on the team. As you mentioned, uh, he's almost got two full years as the starting quarterback for the Eagles now. A month at the end of the season, two years ago, all last year, and uh, now 10 games into the season. So he's almost been the quarterback of the Eagles for two full seasons. You're right. He's never – not one. Not one guy can I remember him unfairly calling out or, to use your phrase, throwing under the bus, which we all use these days and we know exactly what it means. Hadn't done it once. Nope. Has, has he uh, ever second-guessed a teammate and the like? And that's the reason or, why they're all willing to do what you're saying, which is they'll go to war for this guy because – Or coach. And you're right. Coach is either. I, I should have included that. Um, yeah, he just backs his teammates to the max, which is exactly what you're hoping to get out of your quarterback. I bet one of the things I always love doing when we get you on is uh, talk a little bit more extensively about the offensive line because that's your ballywick. I got to be honest, as I'm sitting here in my man cave yesterday watching the game, I was surprised that the Eagles were getting beat at the point of attack. There were a lot of plays yesterday where their defensive line with kind of no-name guys. I know when Gakwe got the one big sack, but that was just a poorly designed play where Miles Sanders is the last line of defense. You keep it back in the block, that's a good thing. If they're chipping somebody after the fact, second man in, and Gakwe had solo man-to-man, only Miles Sanders home to try and block him, and Jalen got blindsided on that one and coughed the football up. Uh, but uh, I'm not even referring to that. I'm talking about mano a mano, their offensive, uh, our offensive line against the defensive line. They lost the point of attack a bunch of plays yesterday. Uh, they, they When they needed it most in the fourth quarter, they won those offensive line battles. But did you agree with me that the offensive line yesterday in its entirety, the entire 60 minutes, that was not the Eagles' best offensive line game of the year? I will say that, and I'll, I'll double down on that. Those guys up front, like DeForest Buckner, DeForest is a good player, but he was almost unblockable yesterday. He played at a high level yesterday. He, he kind of surprised me. Um, 
Stewart played well at the point of attack. They weren't just moving those guys out of the way. They were they 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 played well up front. You know what's the strength? You know their their defense is pretty good, and a, and a guy probably the second best linebacker this team has played this year. Of course, the kid from uh, Dallas being number one, but Zaire Franklin is a man. Zaire Franklin was all over that field. He was playing at an all-pro level. Um, that's why I think that they're able to go forward right now without Shaq um, Leonard being on the field. Right. This this guy, you know, he's he's playing at an all-world type of level. And he plays well with those guys up front, man. And the way they played that defense, and, you know, you got to give it to Gus Bradley. Gus Bradley called a pretty good defense against this team. Um, he just had a special player in Hurts to beat him. But, yeah, man, I mean, I, I, I like the way they play. You know, Stephon Gilmore, you know, I would have thought that they would have tried to put him on A.J. man-to-man, and they did a lot of the times. And, you know, that was a battle. That was a class of Titans right there. But for the most part, they used Rodney McLeod, you know, former Eagle, in the box a lot. And he came and performed. They brought guys up, um, filled gaps with linebackers and safeties. They had a great game plan going in. And so it wasn't just the offensive line. It was also the others that had the block also. And that means the tight ends had to be involved in it. Um, a lot of times, you know, when you put a tight end one-on-one with a with a with an offensive lineman, I can't see, I mean, I can't see a tight end and a defensive lineman, a defensive end going one-on-one and, and and the tight end really winning. And we didn't win a lot of those battles, which made it look like the offensive line wasn't playing well. But as a whole, you know, it was it was going back and forth. You know, their best against our best, and you know they they we won the game, but that battle was no far. It, it was no, it was not lopsided at all. It was not lopsided. Those guys came to play up front, and uh, that, I think they really thought that they're just as good as uh, the, our offensive line. In the Franklin Franklin yesterday had twelve tackles. That's yes, a lot of tackles. He was everywhere. Everywhere he was all over the field. You're you're caused right. that fumble. Caused that fumble. I thought the. Uh... Uh, the drop-off when Leonard went out was going to be pretty precipitous. Yes, yes, yes. defense is pretty good. Yep. Um, they've had good games before. Most of the times when they've come up short like they did yesterday was because offense. And yesterday they go right down the field, scored their first possession, and then three field goals, including one missed one. I, I, I had the field. That was the first time I felt good about the Eagles' chances in the second half when uh, the kid missed the uh, 50-yard field goal. I said, all right, that's the first time the Eagles have actually gotten a stop when the team has gotten into their own. And, oh, by the way, they had a little bit closer. I think that was the Milton Williams sack possession. Yeah, They they had the two-yard loss, or maybe it was a four-yard loss, on the Taylor run by Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. That hell of a play getting a uh, safety into the backfield for a tackle for loss, and then they followed that up with uh, the Milton snap. And he Those came, are- and he came and made a play. That kid right there is going to make a whole lot of money at the end of this season, leading the NFL in uh, in ints, and come up making plays like that. He's he's going to be he's going to be one of those guys that you know you're going to talk about those huge contracts. Uh, and for him to go and and change positions entirely, he was a slot corner. They made a safety. That's I- crazy. I'm. I, I don't think you and I have had this conversation. Oh, John and I have had it uh, several times, uh, and I'm admitting that I'm surprised that Howie Roseman hasn't been able to jump in to the action lane on this one. 
not faulting him, but I'm just judging by his former performances as to what you think he's going to try and do again. The Eagles on defense have a ton of free agents at the end of this year. I yes. just start ripping them off to you. Hargrave and Fletcher and uh, Edwards and White and Bradbury and uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. That Basically, you go through the entire defense and everybody's an F. So I can't forget F is also a free agent. Their whole team is a free agent on defense. This side of uh, big play Slay and uh, Son Reddick and Josh Sweat. That's it. There's all the other guys are free agents. Yep. If uh, Howie called you, hey, B, Big B, I need some advice here. Assuming that they're going to sign market value contracts, not Eagle hometown discounts, not, oh, my God, you got to pay through the roof because you desperately have to keep them here. Assuming they're all considered market value contracts, not an overpay, not an underpay. Who's your priority? Who's the guy that you want to hear within the next week? Howie Roseman has come to an agreement with an extension on this guy because the Eagles consider him an important part of their core. Mm. That's, that's, that's tough, man, because it's essentially three guys that I feel as though are, are, they, they have to be here. Uh, one being Javon Hargrave. We need him to be here. But even more than him... I would say Marcus Epps is a is a, a must sign because you can probably get him at fair market value. But the biggest piece that I really think needs to be in an Eagles uniform and be the guy that you cannot let go into the market will probably be TJ Edwards. Wow. He's that cog that makes that whole machine run. He is the spearhead of that defense because number one, they call everything through him. Number two, he plays. He's he's one of the few players that played all of the snaps. Oh man, every <laughs> single snap, all of the snaps. So I think he's a must. He's a must have. I would yes, go him. Yes, that Eagle players who played hundred percent of the snaps: Isaac, Mylata, Dickerson, Johnson, Hertz, Kelsey. The entire offensive line and the quarterback played hundred percent of the snaps. Yep. On defense, uh, Epps. Bradbury, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Darius Slay played 100% of the snaps. That Jaker, T.J. Edwards, only played 97% of the snaps, which means he (laughs) came off the field for either one or two plays. That's it. Otherwise, he was out there every single play. And linebackers, that just doesn't happen. All right, DBs, they're out there every single play. That's what they do. They don't swap out. Uh, their uh, offensive line, there's no changing. Barrett knows that. He used to play 100% of the snaps on uh, many a game during his career. There are positions that lend themselves to substitutions and some that don't. And linebacker is one you will see subs from time to time. 97% of the snaps Edward was out there yesterday. And he's just he's just such a player, man. It wasn't until last year that they really saw how good this kid is. You I mean, I think he had a coming out party after the Detroit game of last year. Um, he act, he kind of, I say he activated the linebackers from the linebacker position. He showed guys how to play the linebacker position. It wasn't until he started playing that Davion Taylor started playing a little bit also. But it was more so like it, teams would have a, a double team to D linemen and, and double team all the way back to the linebackers because the linebackers would just be sitting there. What T.J. Edwards did was when he saw the double team, he would run downhill 
knock the double team off so at least one of them could play. You know, you can't have one guy get blown back like that because you eventually take us both off the off the run key because once they drive you back into my lap, I can't get off either way because wherever side I pick, I'll be wrong. But if I go down, 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 uh, down and hit the double team and make one of those running back uh, linebackers come off on me, now you have a shot, one-on-one block that you can go in and now make a play on a running back that's going downhill. You can't do it when it's, you got a double team because it gets doubles the guy back too far. You got to make him make a decision fast, and then that's when things really started happening for this defense when he started playing at that high level. He did. Uh, he's turned it up. He's been a uh, major cog to the Eagles' defense this season. And remember, undrafted free agent. The entire National Football League, including the Philadelphia Eagles, mind you, uh, passed on this guy in the draft coming out of Wisconsin. He ran a slow time, but sometimes you got to look at the optics. You got to look at what this kid is doing out on the field. He's been one of the top linebackers when he was at uh, Wisconsin when he was a rookie. I mean, when he was um, when he was in school, he played so good when he was in um, when he was in uh, him. It was him. It was um, T.J. Watts. They controlled everything uh, for that for that Wisconsin defense which was a good defense. Both of those guys really ran shop over everybody uh, that they played against. So the optics, he could play. The 40 time, he could not. (laughs) That's why, uh, and uh, we have fun with it, whatever comes up, the whole draft process and evaluating talent and how much the combine factors in. And this, this is what I hate, the stopwatch. Oh, the stopwatch can dictate too right. many things. How about you look at the tape? How exactly. about you go back and watch what the guy did in actual games exactly. where DJ Edwards was a beast at Wisconsin, but God forbid he run a slow time in Indianapolis. He My guy, him. he was a workout warrior. You know, he, um, he, Mike Mamula got drafted to me. It was, it was Mike Mamula's the first round and me and Bobby Taylor in the second round. Mumu went to the to the combine and ripped the combine up, yep. tore it apart, and they drafted him the first pick. It was it was it was Ray Rhodes and and uh, the owners' first pick. The first guy they ever drafted was Mike Mamula. I was the first offensive lineman drafted by Mister Lurie. You know, Bobby Taylor, the first DB drafted. I was the third player he ever drafted. You know, so um, sometimes a workout warrior. You know, and, and Mike had a great career. You know, and he had a pretty solid career. Solid. I but, wouldn't say great. I'd say solid. Yeah, solid and, career. An overly critiqued career. And that's but, it right there. A solid career. Exactly. You know, once you're an off, once you're the first pick, your expectations to play are, 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 are it'll kill you sometimes, you yep, know. So I'm glad, I'm almost, I'm not glad that I would, I wish I would have gotten hmm. drafted in the first round. I'd have got a little more leeway. No, you, you know, got a little more money, as a matter of fact. More money, a little more leeway. But since I was a second round pick, I still felt as though I had to show people that I I, I should have been a first round pick. So that's why I played as hard as I played, because I thought I should have been a first round pick, but they picked me in the second round. And I can't believe I never asked you this. And if I did and I forgot, I'll apologize in advance. Your two forties in Indy, what were your times? Did you run uh, faster in the second than the first? What were the two times you ran in Indy? Um, I ran a 5.04. 5. 5.04. And a 5.08. Uh, with the 04 first? Yes. 
Okay. That doesn't matter, but some teams would go, oh, he, he went out and really showed us with the second one. Doesn't matter if you're UO5. You were a five guy, and uh, it got you drafted in the second round. Which is right, right, right. I, but when I ran at, the, at, at college, I mean, when I ran in my college, you know, when we had our uh, had the NFL workouts at our college, you know, I ran a 4.98. Oh, you did? You went sub yeah. five. Yep. Yeah, I ran All a 4.98. Right. But you always test like that because up in Indy, it's electronic, and it's, it's harder to run electronic than it is to run with a stopwatch. So it was tough. It was tough. And got you into the league. He is Barrett Brooks filling in for John McMullen here today on Birds 365. Uh, Jay Mack will be back tomorrow. He's coming back from Indianapolis today. A uh, couple more things I want to get in with Barrett, including Nick Sirianni's going to speak again. He did after last night's game. Barrett got a chance to see it because he was on the postgame show on NBC Sports Philly. You could see the emotions in uh, Nick Sirianni. Can he, like his quarterback, just put it behind him? On a drop of a dime, uh, Jalen Hurts is amazing in the way that he can do that. Nick Sirianni has to be able to do that here for this upcoming week against the Packers. And I want to jump around the league with uh, Barrett. A couple of key games played uh, after and or at the same time uh, that will have an impact on the Eagles season around the NFL. So he's still got uh, 40 minutes to go here on this Monday victorious edition of Birds 365. Stick around. Don't wait until after Thanksgiving for leftovers. It's the new leftover sales event at Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Jeff must get rid of hundreds of new 2022 vehicles on the lot. Rams, Grand Cherokees, Wranglers, Jeff has them all for less. Jeff has reduced prices and payments to the lowest they've been all year. And Jeff knocks down high interest rates, save thousands more than anywhere else. Plus, get more for any trade or lease return. You always win at Jeff's great selection, best price. Hurry in now. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Black Friday sales event. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean.
LaSalle University, our graduates are among the most highly trained in their profession because of our unique emphasis on research, interprofessional collaboration, and early clinical exposure. Learn more about our programs at salis.edu. As we recap a victorious Monday after the Eagles come from behind to beat the Colts 17-16 yesterday to get the 9-1 and on the season. Hey, uh, whether you've been with us since day one and this is the 409th edition of Birds 365 you're watching, or if you're first time streaming guy, hit that like button, like, share, and subscribe. We need help with our algorithm or so I'm told. Uh, so thank you all for streaming in today. We got a a nice number of people jumping in, over 500 uh, streamed in right now. Talking about the Eagles' win against the Colts. Come from behind, last possession, Jalen Hurts. The Red Sea parted up the middle, and he uh, took a quarterback sneak into the end zone. Quarterback draw for the Eagles' uh, W. And when the game was over, after they uh, were able to stop the Colts and uh, turn them over on downs, you saw Nick Sirianni get on the bench and scream at the Eagle fans who were behind the Eagle bench. Maybe a couple of the Colts fans while he was at it as well. A pretty emotional day for Nick Sirianni. He downplayed it, Barrett, before the game. That it's, yeah, it's, yeah I was there and it's nice to be nice to go back. Uh, but he did not let on how much this game meant to him. At least, in my opinion, I don't think he did. Uh, he's as tight as he is with Frank Reich. You certainly know that. He's talked about it many a time since he's taken over as the coach for the Eagles. The coach wanted this one badly yesterday, Barrett. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. You can tell by the emotion of after the game. I don't know if you watched after the game, but he talked about it. You know, he said, yeah, you know, I mean, they let the, they let his best friend go. You know what I'm saying? The guy that he looked up to. You know, he, he equated, you know, Frank Reich to, you know, he said um, as far as, individuals that influenced his life. He said his parents, his pops, and he had Frank Wright right up there with him as far as people that influenced him, who he is as a man. So, yeah, he was emotional about it, you know, at the end of the game. And we had, um, like I said, our, our, our post-game show, um, Ruben, Frank, and and, and, and Jaws kind of downplayed and said, no, you know, he just wanted to win. And I'm like, no. I said, there's a lot to do. Had a lot to do with, number one, he played, he, um, he uh, coached there two years prior. But number two, they let one of the guys that, you know, directly influenced his life yep. go. And you you can't tell me that Frank Wright wasn't a part of that game planning system and telling everything that he needed to know about how they could win this game. You know what I'm saying? You could tell in, 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 in the emotion that he displayed afterwards, just going to reaffirm what I was thinking. Yeah, he wanted to win one for the Kipper. He wanted to, yes. And he wanted to put it on him, yep. We, we'll never know. Because Siriano never tell us, and I doubt Reich will ever tell us, as to how much information was shared between those two guys this week. Uh, I gave up everything. I'd give all tape. I'd have told him everything he wanted to know. Here's, him, here's where I'm going to come up short of 100%. There are a whole bunch of coaches on the Indianapolis coaching staff that Frank Reich had his hand in on hiring. 
So the organization, Jim Ursay told him, your services are no longer needed. I don't think he cares wit one about Jeff Saturday and his success going forward. <laughs> right? Doesn't care a little bit. But nope. there were a whole bunch of guys on that staff that were left behind that were overlooked to take Reich's place that he probably felt, felt pretty bad for. And yes. if you're just emptying the bucket to give the Eagles every piece of information you have, you are spitting in the eye of guys who were your former compatriots on your staff that you had as something not. So I don't know that it was completely 100%. Do I think he gave him enough to help the Eagles win that game yesterday? Yeah, I do. But I don't <laughs> think it was 100% because I think Reich's emotions had to be at least a little split because a couple of guys are uh, suffering that he left behind. Jody, I'd have given him everything. I'd have gave him. You're sticking I'd, to 100. percent I'd, 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 I'd have gave him mom's social security number. <laughs> everything, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'd have gave him anything he wanted to know, man. Because yeah, well, that was us unceremoniously letting a guy go like that. And then number two, I mean, that's a slap in the face when you're a coach there. You know, yeah, Scotty yeah. Montgomery. You know, real, really good friend of mine. I played with him um, while I was had a little short stint, and um in Denver, Scotty, you know, he's the, he's the running back coach there has a, so much coaching experience, like maybe, maybe 10, 15 years of coaching experience, you know, get slapped in the face. Kevin Mawai, a, a, a hall of famer coaching got slapped in the face. Didn't even get a, a you know, consideration Bradley. Let me ask you this question. Is Frank Reich not now, not as big a slap. There are different slaps. There's somewhere it comes from back here. And the whole Hulk is going to come all the way through the door. <laughs> yeah. Slaps like this. Isn't Frank Reich slapping your boy in the face when he says, here, let me give you every piece of information about what the Colts running back are going to try and do against an opponent like the Eagles? I'm going to tell you this. Those coaches like Scott and Montgomery, Reggie Wayne, uh, Mawai, uh, all those guys are like, man, give them whatever they want, man, because – this organization did me dirty also. Bradley, they did me dirty. All those people in that organization are pissed off. You know what I'm saying? They're pissed off also. So they wouldn't mind getting anything, that you know, giving them everything that it could. So they you think, basically, you think the Colts are dead in the water, that there's a, a mutiny on that coaching staff, that they're so ticked off that Jeff Saturday comes out of left field to come in and take over the team, and none of those guys were really even considered you think they're all just going through the motions at best right now. They're not going to go through the motions because you're still interviewing for 31 other teams. You're still a professional. You still want to make sure that, you know, your light is shining and you still coach the hell out of the players that you play coaching. Those co those players need to know that you're fully invested in it, you know, in order to get the optimum output out of them. So you got to go on thinking, you know, hey, I don't care who's coaching, who's the head coach, but I know my guys better be on point okay. because – there are going to be other teams looking to come pick me up, and they're going to see how I responded to this and see how my guys responded to it, and they played better, you know what I'm saying, even when, you know, I got a guy screwed. So You, you know, know who's the one guy who kind of surprised me, Barrett, in that vein? Reggie Wayne. Yeah. Because it, they, they've been approaching him for the last couple of years to come in and, and coach up the wide receivers, and Wayne had turned them down. He had said, no thanks, no thanks, no thanks. And finally this past year, Frank Reich talked him into it and said, come on, Reich, we could really use you. We know how great a wide receiver you were. You, you are an Indianapolis Colt. Come on, we need you. 
And he finally relented and said, all right, I'll come in and coach the wide receivers. And then they fired the guy who talked him into it. Right. I, I thought there was a good chance that Reggie Wayne was going, see ya, and just turn around and pack it up and going home and saying, I didn't need this job to begin with. I did it as a favor to my friend, Frank Reich, and I did it because I'm loyal to the Indianapolis Colts, and here's what the Indianapolis Colts told me. Uh, not even considered to be the new head coaching job. See you later. Bye, guys. I thought there was a chance that, that happened, but maybe Reggie's in the mode that you just described. Now that he's into coaching, he likes the coaching, and he wants to be considered as a guy who can uh, coach elsewhere if that's the way the the, the chips shake out of the offseason. Oh, absolutely. That's absolutely what's going on. I mean, I mean, these guys, man, these guys work hard. They work really hard, and they want to be respected. And, and you know, to, to sit back and, and have a coach, you just – you're not even getting, you know, an, an opportunity to interview for the position. I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of that's a real slap in the face. A real slap in the face. Fair enough. I, and, and, yeah. and, and, and Saturday knows it, too. Saturday understands it also. And know, so. oh, oh, by the way, Eagles won the game. Um, Saturday has not done a terrible job since he's taken over. They win last week. Yeah, they beat a bad Raiders squad. No questions. But they had the Eagles down. They couldn't keep them down. Um, whatever he's done, he has kept that coaching staff together, even though you say that there's probably some really raw guys still in there for the way that it all shook out. I think you have to give Saturday at least some credit uh, I don't know how good a coach he's going to be. I don't even know if this is what he wants to do and stick around and be their coach in the long term. I think the only thing uh, that's a lock is he's the coach for the rest of this season. Um, but he's he's done a nice job at keeping that staff together, and they almost, almost beat the Eagles yesterday. I give you a game that wasn't almost. The Cowboys just crushed the Vikings yesterday. I did not see that coming. The Cowboys were a favorite in the game in Minnesota – I understood it from a an emotional perspective. Cowboys coming off a tough loss, desperately need the game, got beat by Green Bay on the Sunday night as a favorite up in Green Bay. The Vikings may be on an emotional high, going to Buffalo and win, maybe riding a little bit too high. Yeah, there were a couple things that pointed to the fact that the Cowboys could go into Minnesota and beat the Vikings. 40 to 3. 40 to three. I did not see that coming. And I'll tell you what, I was more impressed. The Cowboys put up a 40 spot. I was more impressed with the Cowboys defense. And yeah, their superstar linebacker slash defensive end had a phenomenal game. Nobody's ever surprised by that, but everybody else stepped up for them as well. The Vikings are one of the better offenses in the national football league. They did diddly against that Cowboy defense yesterday. Uh, Barrett, is that final Cowboy-Eagles game going to be a shootout down in Dallas, a defensive struggle down in Dallas? What do you make? I know we're still several weeks away before Christmas Eve, but what do you make about the Cowboy-Eagle matchup as of right now? It, it'll be a shootout. It'll be a shootout. Um, it'll be it'll be one, as you know, that, that it'll be one for the, for the books simply because it's, it's a rivalry. And it, it, when you when you go into rivalries like that, you could throw the records out the door. You could throw, you know, everything out there as far as who's the better team. Because you've seen, you know, I've, I've seen teams where I played on where we were by no means anywhere close to the offensive firepower 
that the uh, that the Dallas Cowboys had when they had they had Moose, Irving, Dion, Troy, the best offensive line in the league, you know, and we we beat them. And there, there's times where I've seen uh, a team where you know the Eagles are stacked, you know, they have everybody, and 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 Dallas has nobody. Offensive line sucks, you know. Uh, Tony Romo sucks, and then you know the Eagles got they got five, they got. They got everybody, you know, Westbrook, and they end up losing. So you just throw those records out the door, throw talent out the door. Sometimes it's just a good old street fight, and that's what it's going to be versus Dallas, a street street fight. It's not going to matter what our record is. It's not going to matter what their record is. They're just going to go out there. They're going to try to whoop our ass, and we're going to try to whoop their ass. It's just going to go back and forth, and it's, 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 it's virtually the war of attrition. Whoever ends up at the end of the game more healthier and ready to make a play is going to win the game because it's going to go down to the wire. It's going to go down to the wire, especially being in Dallas. And there's going to be some home cooking going on down in Dallas. So, you know, it'll be a street fight. You know, that's football I love to watch right there, street fights like that. Because Dallas is pissed off because we already whooped them. Barrett laying the groundwork for uh, referee defense that they'll get home cooking <laughs> down there in Dallas. They got, wait, they got they got some home cooking. The Eagles got some good calls going their way yesterday on the road, so you, you never really know. Um, but I I was just shocked at the outcome of that game. Not the fact that the Cowboys won, that it was as non-competitive as it was, um, which now gives the Eagles a two-game lead for the best record in the NFC. As a matter of fact, over the Giants. It's two and a half over both Minnesota and Dallas because you beat both of those two teams. Yeah, Dallas gets the rematch to get that one even on Christmas Eve. But um, do you think this is the kind of game where the Vikings take a step backwards? Or is it just like we thought last week when the Eagles got beat? All right, now you got to come out. You got to go beat Indianapolis. They did. Um, They took care of business the way that they uh, wanted to and had to. Uh, same thing for the Vikings, or is this more than just a loss because they got pummeled by 37 points? That's more than just a loss. Okay. That's a good old-fashioned home wood, I mean, home-baked shellacking type of pie they just ate. Um, that, that puts some serious, serious doubt in that team's mind on how good are they really. That's that's what that did. I mean, they, they beat them like they stole something. I, I feel bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's it's crazy they allowed them to, to 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 just run up and down the field on them, do whatever they want to do, and then stop that offense. You know, that's, I mean, that offense, Adam Thielen and all those guys, they can make it. They should be able to play. Cook, all those guys to get beat like that, that's ridiculous. Ridiculous. I got so, a buddy, uh, one of my best friends who's a Viking fan, who when they beat Buffalo last week, he had to text me to make sure that I knew what the Vikings did. What do you think? I'm not paying attention to the biggest game of the week, Buffalo against Minnesota? Of course I said. But he went so far as to say, and Justin Jefferson is going to surpass Jerry Rice as the greatest receiver in the history of the National Football League. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And I whoa, said, whoa, whoa, whoa. do you think we're putting the cart in front of the horse here, big guy? Yeah, Jefferson's <laughs> look great, but we're talking about not only the best receiver – in the history of the National Football League. Oh, let me uh, make it a question for you. Who's the greatest football player in the history of the NFL? Um, Mr. White. Was there any question? Yeah, there is. Mr. White, man. Uh, 
Sorry, Mr. White could do everything well. All right, well, let me change it like this. He's the best player I ever played. Okay, that, that's that's fine, and I get it where you come from. You have a very specific um, prism you're looking through, right? Former <laughs> NFL lineman. I'm not. I'm just a stupid talk show. Host. So for me, everybody always talks about the quarterback. Tom Brady's the greatest football player of all time. No, he's not. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. Yes. Some people say Jim Brown at the running back position. I get a whole other game. The, the game was played differently. The way you uh, won games was different. Jim Brown, you can make the argument, greatest running back of all time. I won't fight you there. But I think the greatest player in the history of the National Football League is Jerry Rice. For one reason and one reason only. And if Justin Jefferson gets me to change my opinion here, so be it. The drop-off from Jerry Rice to the next best wide receiver of all time, who's probably Randy Moss, is greater than the drop-off between Reggie White and Lawrence Taylor, Reggie White and Bruce Smith, Tom Brady and Joe Montana, Tom Brady. And the, 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 the gap between the best wide receiver and the second best wide receiver is greater than the gap between the best positional player at any other position and the number two guy. That's why I say Jerry Rice is the greatest football player of all time. That's a that's a great way to that's a great way to 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 put that. That's that's a that's a different way in looking at the whole situation yeah. because the drop off between Mr. White and you're right. LT was and, pretty LT. damn good coming off that edge. Well, see, he could, but see, he he's a linebacker though. Game. I mean. Would you call him a linebacker? Well, or... Here's here's the question, because John and I get into this all the time. Not so much he and I, but he and uh, uh, people on the stream and his Twitter, whatever else. What's Hassan Reddick? Right, exactly. Exactly. Like, when you look at... Hassan Reddick is supposedly a linebacker. But right. he's not. He's a defensive end. You know he's yep. a defensive end. The Eagles know he's a defensive end. He might not be, like, I was looking at the uh, number of snaps on the uh, game day log from the Eagles yesterday, they list us on Reddick as a linebacker. No, he's not. He's a defensive end. And exactly. Lawrence Taylor was might have been a quote-unquote linebacker. No, he was an edge guy. He was a defensive end. And they, they, they literally changed how you block offenses because of him. He wrecked shop. They had to change what you do to run your offense because if you didn't, for a long time, teams tried to say, all right, we can just handle him with a tight end and a running back. No. You got to put an offensive lineman on him, and you got to bring help to that offensive lineman when you put it on him. So they definitely changed how you block schemes as it pertains to to to, to Lawrence Taylor. You're right. You're right about it. I, so I've never looked at I never looked at it like that. Yeah, different different way to look at it, and uh, neither one of us is right, neither one of us is wrong. It's just uh, how you look at it. All right, one other game I wanted to get your your feel on, and again, playing at the same time as the Eagles were playing, so uh, you might not have gotten a chance to watch as much of it. I tried to jump around, watch a couple different games, had the Eagles on tape, so I go back, fast forward, and and try and get a, a bunch of stuff in. But locally, we had the Giants. And the uh, Lions here in Philadelphia. Another game. Another game I didn't see coming. Thought it would be competitive. Thought it was going to hang in the balance. The Lions just shut down the Giants offense. Now, 
Giants offense isn't spectacular. It's not like the Viking offense for damn sure. But Saquon Barkley was having a hell of a year, came into the week as the leading rusher in the National Football League. Derek Henry went by him on Thursday night, but uh, Saquon had the chance to catch up and retake the lead. Not even close. 20 yards rushing for the entire game for Saquon Barkley. How the hell did the Detroit Lions, who the Eagles ran through pretty damn good week one, and a lot of teams have. They were one and six at one point. They've now won three games in a row. But they shut down Saquon Barkley yesterday. How'd the Lions do that? Or how bad did the Giants have to be that they could only open up enough holes for Saquon Barkley to run for 20 yards? That's incredible because, you know, where Saquon went, that team went. And I don't know. I mean, I guess Dan Campbell was biting giant kneecaps. I I can't wait to watch that game. I can't wait to evaluate that game, sit down and watch the All-22 because I haven't yet to do that yet. I mean, I I had a long weekend this weekend, so I haven't even sat down and watched, um, you know, our game yet. You know, usually before I get on shows, I – sit down and I watch, you know, the film first so I know what the heck I'm talking about. But this time I wasn't able to do it. You know, I, I had a long weekend, man. I did um actually did the Kansas State of West Virginia game right. in my old alma mater. I, I, I called the game for ESPN this weekend. And uh, they used to say, you know, you had to drive all the way from, from uh, Morgantown back to Pittsburgh to fly out. So I, I, it was pretty early in the morning. I had to drive. So I was a little tired anyways. And I got to work. Got to work at 10 and, you know, needs to say. Right, so, so in other words, you're taking a nap between yeah, I took a this nap, show yeah. and sports take this yeah, afternoon. Yeah, You've earned yeah. it. You deserved it. And truly appreciate <laughs> you're getting up and watching for me. But when you watch that all 22 tape of the Giants, 15 rushes, 22 yards, the longest wow. run of the day, 15 rushes. The most he gained was four yards on one play. That's that's a pretty damn good defensive effort by what the Lions. What was Daniel Jones' numbers? Are you ready for this one? Let me see. Daniel Jones had to throw it 44 times yesterday. Wow. You don't want Daniel Jones throwing the football 44 times. I'm Answer sorry. Who? Never do you want him throwing the football 44 times. Now, he did throw for 341 yards. You should if you throw it 44 times. But right. he threw two picks which Jones had the longest streak in the NFL of most passes without an interception. He was leading up until yesterday. He threw one early, and he threw another one later in the game. Uh, yeah, the giant offense did not move the ball against a Lions defense, and the kid Hutchinson is really coming on. We knew he was going to be a stud when he was picked as high as he was in the draft. He had an interception yesterday. He had two guys, defensive linemen, come up with interceptions in the league yesterday. Have wow. you seen a, a highlight play? And again. Know how busy you are. You're doing the Eagles. You do the postgame show, whatever. Did you see the T.J. Watt interception yet? No, I didn't. Did they win? Oh, holy mackerel. He he just goes up and takes the Joe Burrow pass as a defensive lineman right out of the air. He just goes up and snatches it down. It's an amazing play. You'll, you'll see it. Watt and Hutchinson, at least Hutchinson was dropping back. You know, uh, I always roll my eyes when defensive linemen – are used in coverage that they try and catch the other team off guard. You'll never think that he's dropping back coverage. Hutchinson was at least off the line yesterday. TJ Watt made the interception dead in the middle of the defensive line for the Steelers yesterday. Amazing play. Um, but yeah, the Giants got abused yesterday. 
Uh, they've got two more games when I say they, I mean the Eagles against the Giants this year. Giants going to hang in here and, and continue to be a playoff team? I don't think they're going to catch the Eagles uh, final game of the year. I would bet more on it being a game where the Eagles can pull guys off the field rather than have to need a win. Uh, but they've got to play the Giants before that. How competitive is that game right now in your eyes? I mean, I, anytime you make the Giants do what they don't want to do, and that's throw the ball, uh, you can win, man. And I think that um, when you look at us, we can now stop the run. So at this point, I don't think they have a snowball's chance in hell uh, competing with us. I mean, it, 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 there's no way. There is no way at this point that I see uh, us even splitting with them. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I can't well, say they, they could split because we saw what happened when they put the JV out for the last game of the year last year. Right. right. <laughs> kind of put a beat down on them. So it, it may be a split, but because the Eagles don't worry about the. Oh, we already locked it up. Yeah. You said we locked it up. Game. Uh, that, that, I think that's a possibility. We got to see. We got to let it play out. But um, I know I'll be talking about this with John yesterday because John has, on a week in, week out basis, continued to say, yeah, and I don't think the Giants are good. Yeah, and I don't believe what the Giants are doing. Yeah, the Giants are a mirage. Don't worry about what their record is. I've given them more credit than John has. Not bending over backwards to say the Eagles should have any fear of the Giants, but I've at least given them some credit. Yeah, it looks like McMullen was right yesterday because you can't get beat at home by the Lions and get an oh-by-the-way touchdown and still lose by double-digit points. That's not a good look, Giant fans. All right, he's Barrett <laughs> Brooks. I'm Jody McDonald. We'll come back, put a bow on the show. We got 10 minutes left here on Birds 365. Feel free to like, share, and subscribe to us here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles.
Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. With me, Jody McDonald, uh, for those of you doing your scheduling this week, um, Birds 365 will be off on both Thanksgiving and the day after. So we're going to take a little downtime, a little holiday time, uh, but we'll be right back at it uh, next Monday after a Sunday nighter against the Packers. Uh, we touch on this briefly, Barrett. Uh, Aaron Rodgers not having the best of years, admitted himself after the Tennessee game that he missed some throws. We talked about it when Dama was on, and he said he thought that that was a good game, competitive game. Um, yeah, they couldn't stop Derrick Henry, and that's going to be a uh, chore for the Eagles in two weeks when they take on the Titans. But first things first, the Packers. How much fear you got for Green Bay coming to town on Sunday night against the Birds uh, this upcoming uh, weekend? I don't fear that team, but I do respect uh, who's at the quarterback position. You just let them get a little bit hot with, you know, with, with throwing to Christian Watson. And, you know, they 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 have the means of being a really good team on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, um, I don't see them. I, I saw them at first being a good defense, but now – that uh, Quay Walker's out, that, you know, their rookie linebackers have been really, really good. And Campbell's out, you know, their outside linebackers out. So that really puts them in a, a bad predicament. Um, but I respect their offense. I don't respect their defense, which is why I think, you know, it should be a great game by the Eagles, being able to do whatever they want to that defense. Right. Offensively, if A-Rod gets it going and he can, you know, hit um, Alan Lazard or, 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 or Watson, or even, you know, Sammy Watkins, you know, came out his shell and played a little better. They allow that passing game to get going. Then that puts them in a position where they can put A.J. Dillon out there to grind it out, you know, Aaron Jones to grind it out, because those two are really good players. Their yeah, running Jones, game is really good. Jones scares me a little bit coming in the mm-hmm. next Sunday night. And who'd have thought? Maybe the best, because you mentioned the Packer guys are out, the injuries they're dealing with. Eagles have their fair. I'm not, not saying, oh, woe is the Packers because injuries. Eagles have their fair share of injuries, too. Who would have thought that Russell Douglas might be their best defensive player? Yes. He's their biggest playmaker. Russell, why you couldn't do that when you were here in Philly there, big guy. Why not? 
You know, he actually did. When he gave him the opportunity, they did. They just didn't let him play the way he needs to play. Really? You you thought he was underused or improperly used there in Philadelphia? Yes, I did. I, I thought okay. Rasul Douglas, I thought he could mix it up a little bit. If you allowed him to come up and play tighter, man, you couldn't have him off the ball and not being able to reroute people. And that you remember, that's the way they played defense back then. Uh, the, you know, that picket fence. He's one of those guys that got to get his hand, get his hands on you early. That way he can reroute you a little bit, slow you down. Right, then he can so. keep up with you. If you just have a guy that's gonna come right off the ball and he can't reroute him, he's he didn't have a snowball's chance in hell at doing anything. So, so you're know, saying the the former defense coordinator, much like the present defense coordinator, didn't show a whole hell of a lot of flexibility. It's exactly. my system, and we're gonna play it my way. I don't care what your skill levels are. You're gonna do it my way or hit the highway. Well, he hit the highway, and he's pretty damn good. In yeah. Green Bay, as a matter of fact. Uh, give, give us a little credit for that. All right, last thing. Um, and again, tapping into your expertise as a former offensive lineman, but we're looking at the other side of the ball. Uh, again, I don't want to do this, but I feel the need that I must. Sorry, Eagle fans, if I uh, <laughs> incurred the wrath of you, I will. Can Indomitian Sue and his new running mate, Linval Joseph, be as good next week as they were this week. Because they came out and set the bar pretty damn high. Better than I thought they could come in and do. They're there about 20 minutes. and They step in and start making plays. They had a co-sack. They shared a sack yesterday. I give them credit. I give uh, Gannon credit. I give Rocker credit for getting them up to speed. Their teammates, I saw BG's quote about, hey, I yeah, yeah, I talked to Sue, but by the time we got the early game day, I don't have to tell him anymore. He had everything down, had all the calls down. Is there a emotional lift to jump back into the fray? And is there a chance for a letdown this week coming up against the Packers? I don't think there's a letdown in their okay. play. You just use them. You use them the way you used them yesterday. And that's, that's you know, first and second down. You know, that's their job to come in on first and second down and stop the run game. Teams have been successful on this Eagles defense for the past year and a half if you allow them to keep things on time. If you keep the offense on time, that means chunk yardage on first down. What I mean by chunk yardage is like five yards to six yards on first down. It gets a whole heck of a lot easier on third and two, third and one, third and three, as opposed to being third and ten, third and eight. Yeah. And that's what happened yesterday. They didn't allow that indie after that first drive, they didn't allow that indie team to stay on time uh from a from a from a run standpoint. You know, it, you know, they stop it and get three yards on it. Now they gotta pass the ball. Now you look at how they passed it, you know, Matty Ice was hosing it. You know, he was he was still converting first downs, you know, but his arm, but he had to be very, very specific with that arm and make sure he, you know, he made a play with those guys. But he took advantage of um he took advantage of a young guy in Josiah Scott. And, you know, they he played well, uh, being able to get it out to, to whoever Josiah Scott was covering. But that just goes to show, you know, that I mean, if you can let a team stay on time by allowing production on first down, which was the Achilles heel of this this Eagles defense last year and, and a little part of this year, then you can beat this off that defense because now you're not letting them rush the passer like they want to do. They want to get in third and long, so they let them guys up front get out there and mix it up. And Sue and Limbaugh Joseph both stepped in and contributed week one just like they'd been here all year. A lot of people deserve credit for that, and Barrett says – don't worry, it can happen again next week. Just ask them to do the same thing. They should be able to do it again 
We'll see next Sunday night. All right, uh, Double B, I appreciate your great. Maybe nobody else does, but I appreciate the fact that after doing a game and getting up early and getting on a plane <laughs> and coming back and doing Eagles post-game show and getting up early for me again. Thank you very much, my friend. Appreciate it. Man. Sometimes you got Brian the righty. Had to come oh, in and we, spell. We, we got a big righty to go to the bullpen for. <laughs> Thanks for jumping in with us tonight, buddy. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Johnny Mack will be back with me tomorrow. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, thanks, everybody, for streaming in today. Um, keep it here. Later in the day, you got Barry coming up on Sport Take. After a nap, he's going to go take it. There's sports taken. There's nap taken. He's going to get the nap taken in first, <laughs> but then he'll be up for Sports Take later on. Keep it right here on the Jacob YouTube channel. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.